Welcome back, everyone, to the next episode of the podcast, Pour the Tea, Will You? Today, I'm talking with Christy from Growth Spectrum here in Perth in um, Western Australia. So this is really nice to be talking to someone local. I feel like we're just up the road from each other. So um, welcome, Christy, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Lily. Nice to join you. Um, the topic of today's episode is um, breastfeed and nutrition. And uh, for me, this is something I think that's a really hot topic for new mums um, because we get so caught up with our newborn baby and adjusting to what they need. I think it's going to be a lovely reminder to mums in the postnatal phase just how much we need to also pay attention to ourselves as we recover from labour and birth and we um, fuel our bodies for our postpartum parenting. So, um, Christy, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and um, what brought you to this point in your career? Mm -hmm. yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I've had a bit of a mixed bag in my career. I've, I was an ambulance paramedic for many, many years here in, in Western Australia, and um, but nutrition's always been a big part of my my hobby and life and um, evolved a lot in triathlons and sports. So sports and nutrition was um, a big focus. And so I studied my dietetics career and um, after that decided to travel and um, lived in various countries in Europe and by chance was able to do an internship for my master's in um in international health in Albania with the World Health Organization. And uh, that, uh, that led me after that to Somalia, um, where for the next five years, I, I started um, working with mums and babies in malnutrition feeding centers and um, sort of community work on in nutrition with mums and babies. So, um, yeah, it, it's been a, a passion, I suppose, of mine for, for a number of years. And uh, that was when I was a, not a mum. And uh, when, when I did become a mum, I realised all of the information that I was telling these mums um, uh, was just so, yeah, I just wasn't, obviously my empathy, like you can, you can sympathise, or maybe I was not empathetic, I was sympathising um but not really understanding um the difficulty that mum mums had in breastfeeding and in nutrition and um yeah so with my own experiences in in complications post delivery and breastfeeding issues um yeah it just gave me this this desire to start studying to be a, a lactation consultant which is still ongoing and um uh, yeah just just sort of makes me laugh i suppose when i think about the information I was telling these mums who walked, you know, 200 kilometres with a baby on their back and dehydrated and malnourished to, um, you know, just keep breastfeeding. And when you, they don't have access to someone to tell them if they've got a tongue tie or the yeah. black or, <laughs> um, you know, they don't have the food to you know, be you know, specific on certain nutrients that we obviously encourage as dietitians and um yeah so um, what an interesting journey though I mean I'm picturing you out there in Somalia I mean what a great opportunity to just get life experience I guess 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, I look back, you know, my rocking chair at, at 80 and, and have lots of stories and interesting photos to share. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, so basically once I had my, my child, uh, again, like you were saying before, love mums, we, we start, re- re, you know, realising the gap that's out there and um, the overwhelm of information, a lot of, you know, old wives' tales and mums' groups that feed off, um, yeah, anxiety a little bit. Mm. And there's so many options out there that um, when so many things are happening in such a short period of time, in the first sort of three months, six months, um, you, even as a health professional, you know that there are services out there, um, but you don't, you know, you're so caught up in, in, in things that you you don't want to leave the home. It's too much effort with, you know, nap times and putting a baby in a car and you're tired and, um, and maybe not understanding what different health professionals do. Like I, I really think lactation consultants are sort of coming to the forefront these last few years. Otherwise before it's sort of hidden a little bit within the midwifery yeah. um, profession and, um, yeah, it's such a big part. I think breastfeeding and sleep issues are probably the, the main issues that mums mm. really go through yeah. uh, in those first few months in, in the various difficulties. And then on top of that, the, pel- the pelvic floor. So I, mm. I mean, coming back to my personal experience, I had a um, number of different issues which led me to be quite passionate about pelvic floor now and, and, and working um, and collaborating a little bit with, with Taryn from Fit Right Physio here in Perth and um yeah just uh yeah we, we focus so much on the baby that we're, we're not really focusing mm. so much um, on ourselves yeah so, yeah, so well, that basically led me to my my membership which i um am about to launch in a week's time and uh that that um is called postnatal roadmap and we'll be giving weekly content to mums and mm-hmm. drip fed just like a small amount of information um, that they need for that particular week, um, maybe by week four or six, it's something about reflux and colic, um, maybe week 12, something about breastfeeding where they feel that they don't have enough milk supply, um, et cetera. And, mm. um, yeah, so that, that's sort of part of that platform. And um, I'm doing a five-day getting ready for labour challenge leading into that, uh, the opening of that membership, which you've been kind enough to also be promoting in your yeah I think it's a great um a great idea because like exactly you said people almost need a structure it's like um although you're parenting a newborn it's like someone needs to parent you in a way and say like here's a very straightforward um almost yeah like you say a roadmap a map you can follow that will take you through the journey but one that's also compassionate and you've obviously been through the postnatal phase yourself so yeah I think it's a great idea I'm happy to um, promote it for you I think it's a great idea thank you the idea behind it was really I think the baby wonder weeks app Mm -hmm. Um, if you've ever seen it it's um and I think that just having that even though each child is different and each circumstance is different I think just having those visuals like helps you to know, oh, something's going to come up in the coming weeks mm-hmm. the baby's going to have a growth spurt or be more unsettled. And it's not that there's necessarily postnatal milestones, but, um, and that I suppose has been a little bit of my difficulty forming this platform, um, but at least, you know, it's just trying to break it down a little bit so that mm-hmm. mums don't 
feel like it's just so much that they're going through and just go, mm-hmm. this is the big information you need for now. It's mm-hmm. just concentrate on breastfeeding for the next couple of weeks. Then let's concentrate on something else with pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Or, um, so, uh, yeah. It's such so a hot, the- sorry, I was just going to say, it's such a hot topic right now, breastfeeding, because of the um, immunity factor. I think it's particularly now during this pandemic. I've noticed myself even in discussions with um, pregnant people or even some of my educator colleagues, breastfeeding is a hot topic. People want to know as much as they can to be successful in their breastfeeding journey because we know obviously the immunity that comes with human milk for the babies is far superior to anything else that they can have. Yeah, exactly. And and then just those the going back to nutrition as part of that, you know, those first thousand days, um, mm-hmm. which has sort of become a bit of a, I don't know, a global catchphrase um, from the World Health Organization, just from conception right through to those first two years of how nutrition impacts a child's growth into their adult years. And obviously breastfeeding is a big part of that, um, which uh, involves also making sure that mum is healthy and um, having all the nutrients and, mm-hmm. and you know, general health and well-being um, uh, for her prior to prior to even starting that breastfeeding journey. So um, yes, no, de- definitely a, a hot topic, especially with COVID and mm. um, and yeah, it's uh, interesting as you know they do you know more and more research but i think the general consensus really is is you know just trying to keep the baby with you um express if you have to but still keep you know baby um give baby breast milk um so that uh yeah their immune system stays strong with whatever's going on with covid and um mm. the level of, of transmission to a baby yeah yeah, yeah those initial uh, times are really are really vital you know for the for the connection between the mum and the baby, um, I guess from what I've heard, people are kind of encouraged not to spend too much time in hospital at the moment. So um, this, you know, topic of, you know, nutrition in the in the breastfeeding phase of, of um, the postnatal period, I think is even more important because we're going to be home on day one or two where we might have been home on day five or seven before so um if there's people who are listening who have yet to have their babies it might be something that they can think forward to i think um in my experience people tend to focus an awful lot on having the baby and not so much on bringing the baby home and what happens after that um so this might be a really great thing for people to forward plan and think about preparing meals or or thinking about the kind of foods they'd want to have in the house to cook when they come home rather than mm. kind of every day think about meals that's kind of what I found myself doing with my children was what we're going to have to eat today so um mm. yeah I think it's a great a great thing to cover mm. and I think um what the important thing is to remember is a lot of this a lot of the nutrition that we're, we're we're talking about to help a mother recover and also the nutrition for baby um, as well, really starts from months before, from conception, preconception even. And um, if you are already deficient in certain nutrients pre-pregnancy, generally it's only going to get worse okay. um, because of of the high needs and growth and, and development um, that a baby is putting on a mother's mother's body. So. Right. 
it, it really is, um, you know, that, that's why they often say, you know, start three months before pregnancy with your prenatal vitamins. Um, like it really involves planning, um, mm-hmm. just like anything important in our life. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but I, I think, um, you know, if we want to focus it on this, the breastfeeding nutrition, I, mm-hmm. I think it's also a, quite a, um, it's been a bit of a taboo subject too, um, because many, um, um, many people don't want to make breastfeeding mums question their milk quality either, um, because then they may feel that, well, formula is the perfect um, um, product well, it has all the nutrients that, that a baby needs. And if my diet's not very good, then um, maybe I should be giving formula to my baby. So okay. it's sort of, you know, like I said, it's been a little bit of a touchy subject to talking about um, can we boost the nutrient levels in our breast milk? Does the milk, um, the nutrient composition in our breast milk change? And, um, and then on top of that, you're not wanting to complicate an already overwhelming period for mums on well you should be having this nutrient and this food and mm-hmm. um, are you eating enough of this and um, so but at the same time I, I, I think because of this this taboo around it we've sort of lost or ignored the micronutrient part of that conversation okay. um, and um, yeah, so that, that's, I suppose, where, you know, we're going to discuss a little bit about some of the, these, these, yeah. um, these, these nutrients. And, and, I, and I think sort of just going back to, um, like, one of the really big uh, US study, um, the, the NANES, NHA and ES study, found that 47% of pregnant or breastfeeding women are deficient in at least one micronutrient. So, like I said, you, you're already a lot of women are already starting off their pregnancy mm-hmm. journey um, on the back foot. Right. And um, so, it, it, yeah, how, how can we boost um, those nutrient levels in our breast milk? It, it, it does involve being quite conscious about your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, it does involve, um, yeah, looking at what are some key nutrients that baby is really needing and often for example you know with with brain and the nervous system development the the fatty acids the fat um that a mother eats and um the 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 dha um which is part of omega-3 fats that come through are really really important um in the breast milk i mean a lot of breast milk is composed of of fat so Mm. If, if you have a, a high fat diet um, in, of, of sort of takeaways and junk food and all those sort of things, it has been really strong associations with increasing uh, baby's body weight um, in pregnancy and, and, and birth weight, um, looking at their pre- predisposition then for diabetes and other factors leading into the adult life. Um, so... Um, yeah, fat, for example, is is a is a big um, uh, an important nutrient, um, a macronutrient, I should say, that um, that uh, that mums can can also sort of uh, 
effect uh, in, in, the, in the baby's breastfeeding, um, in the baby's breast milk. Um, and uh, the, the, there was one study that I saw where full fat dairy diets um, had a significant difference in the breast milk lipids compared to a low fat dairy diet. And um, I think in many of the developed countries where we've been so we've been marketed a lot to having low fat dairy products for our health benefits and cholesterol and what have you. Mm -hmm. um, but we also forget that fat soluble vitamins need fat. And this is a, a time when the baby really needs a lot of these really important fat soluble vitamins. Um, and uh, yeah, so again, it's not just about, um, limiting having a low fat diet because you don't want to be eating junk food and other things, but it's also looking at the types of fats that you have, mm -hmm. um, you know, saturated, monounsaturated, mono the trans um, fats. So that's just one, 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 one macronutrient. Um, mm. so, I'm sure there's many. Yeah, but maybe as a sort of a little bit of a list to sort of um, to to summarize not summarize but just um to highlight that the main sort of nutrients that are transferred in in breast milk are vitamin a vitamin d iodine selenium choline fatty acids and, and a lot of your b b vitamins mm -hmm. so it's quite a you know it's, it's a it's a big list um uh of nutrients that get transferred from mum's diet into, or mum's stores, I should say, uh, to, to the breast milk. So as much as a baby is, is a, a leech, <laughs> we often call it a leech, um, if your stores, if the mum's stores are low, um, the, you know, some of these nutrients, the, the baby's also going to, to have um, trouble uh, receiving from the from the breast milk mm. i think vitamin vitamin d is sort of a perfect example of that um nowadays a lot of babies are um or doctors are suggesting that babies in the first year of life are given vitamin d uh supplements yeah. now it's been shown that if if mums if mums are supplemented and mums um levels of vitamin d are are adequate then a baby will not need to have these um you know these extra supplements so there's there's many different factors relating to vitamin d you know your, mm -hmm. your skin where the climate where you're where you're living in latitude to the world in, in the world um uh, you know the sunscreen that we use etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's very hard to get vitamin d from our diet because most of it's coming from from sunlight mm -hmm. um but uh, it just sort of shows, though, that um, the, the, if a mum's stores in vitamin D are adequate in pregnancy, then that's going to transfer over to the, to the baby mm -hmm. in their stores and the breast milk that mm -hmm. mum can supply um, to the baby. So I think so, there's... Yeah? No, I was just going to say, do you find then that most postnatal mums need a good supplement of these... Um, vitamins along with their diet is that kind of what you find 
Yeah, I think I think as dietitians in general, we're not big advocates for supplements or supplementation at all. I mean, obviously, we want to encourage um, a balanced whole grain fruit and veg diet, um, but I think that this is a period in life that it's, it, it's, it's a high demand of nutrients and rapid growth that many women, even with good intentions, will really struggle to meet the requirements for certain nutrients. Mm -hmm. And um, I think if, if I'm going to talk about supplements that I think is going to be hard to reach that level and then really yeah. it, someone should have a supplement, it would definitely be vitamin D. It would be iodine, which, you know, that's in your prenatal supplement anyway, but to continue taking that into your breastfeeding journey. Um, choline is an interesting nutrient that is becoming more and more included in prenatal supplements. It's sort of like a long lost cousin of folate. Um, so really important in neural, um, neural system development. Mm -hmm. And um, um, yeah, and obviously your, your iron to, to, to continue as well. Um, so yeah, there are a few things that I would say that, and, and vitamin B12, particularly if you're vegetarian and, or, mm -hmm. or vegan, um, that's, that, that's just yeah, nearly impossible to obtain the levels that you need. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, especially as it, in, it, it comes from, from animal products to, to get that vitamin B12. So um, yeah, I, I think that there are times yeah, that, that that people need to to supplement. I mm -hmm. think also with when you look at traditional cultures as well, um, it's really interesting when a lot of traditional and indigenous cultures really promote the the animal products, the organ meats, the full fat, um, you know, like the ghees and lard and all these type of things, um, the bone broths. Mm -hmm. which you know, are rich in iron and collagen for healing. And um, so these really rich sort of foods. And, um, uh, yeah, like a lot of it, particularly in our Western diet, where we're not, we're not really consuming those rich foods mm -hmm. um, anymore. I mean, like, you know, organ meat, for example, that's sort of more of our grandparents might have eaten it. Um, that's right. And, um, and yet it's such a... That organ, organ meats and um, eggs contain some of the highest concentrations for iron and vitamin A and choline and all of these nutrients that pass through into the breast milk mm -hmm. um, and then are really important for, for, for development of the eye and the brain and, and um, um, you know, baby's development. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting topic that I'd really like to go into a little bit more and study in, in, mm -hmm. in traditional traditional diets, um, and um, yeah, and and uh, and sort of look a little bit more at uh, why you know there's there's so many little common common factors that, that that come into it, even though obviously each country is different and spread out from from each other, mm -hmm. um, that that people still have very similar practices. For example, mm -hmm. you know, staying home for 40 days postpartum. Mm -hmm. um, many cultures um, talk about at least 40 days, maybe longer. Um, and, 
yeah, uh, a lot of <laughs> Western women, we're sort of, uh, we don't have that community or that tribe around yeah. us. We don't have um, the cousins and the aunts to help with the domestic no. duties and the meals. And, and that's one um, of the, the silver linings of the pandemic right now is that most new mums are going to have 40 days at home with their partner, whether he's working at home or on paternity leave or, you know, I know there's some fathers and mothers right now who've probably had to um, take a break from their employment because of the financial impact of COVID-19. So that is one of the silver linings we're um, hearing from new mums that it's a bit of a blessing to be told to stay at home and not to have anyone come visit you because then you don't need to worry about your house is clean, you've washed your hair, you've got coffee to offer someone or um so yeah that's uh one of the silver linings i think right now there's not many but that's one <laughs> well i mean i suppose there's always gonna be pros and cons to that because mm. on the other side if you have family that can't help you out I know. Or they're immune compromised or what have you yeah um but yeah i think sometimes like there's a there's a lady that i'm i'm um I'm communicating with at the moment who's just been is overwhelmed. She's like five weeks postpartum and she was just talking about how she nearly lost it, you know, the other day trying to go out in the afternoon with her baby to meet other mums. Okay. And I was just like, why are you trying? Yeah. You're only five weeks postpartum. Yeah. You're going in the afternoon when your baby is sort of in this bewitching hour. <laughs> um, and um yeah, what that pressure. I mean, I understand that you just want to get out. And, you know, you've been stuck inside and you want a bit of a break or a bit of fresh air. Um, mm. But, yeah, we're, we're at least being forced to stay at home. Mm. Uh, it's just bonding time, skin to skin, demand feeding. You try to rest and sleep for, you know, as much as you can. Yeah. And, um, and just have those frozen meals in the, yeah. in the freezer. Um, so apart from the um, supplementing of those vitamins that you mentioned, which I think is really interesting to be aware of the effects that they can have and, and how they're transmitted through the milk. Do you have any top tips for our people that might be listening um, from a kind of nutritional point of view if they are breastfeeding? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the, I mean, when you're breastfeeding, you are starving. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you go for those quick and easy, easy to get to foods, often mm -hmm. because if you have not prepared or someone else has not prepared anything, then you're just going to get whatever's available. And mm -hmm. often that then tends to be higher fat, higher energy, um, you know, maybe not nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. and, and and that's where preparation is key and, and having people bring around those meals. Um, I mean, I think it sounds pretty simple to go, oh, you just concentrate on having someone bring meals around. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just you know, a lot of women are not eating enough mm -hmm. for the amount of calories that they need. They, they tend to be eating the wrong, not wrong, but like quantities of foods that like I said are not nutrient dense because they're quick mm -hmm. and easy so mm -hmm. it all comes down to preparation and meal mm -hmm. planning and all those types of things and and I think um, like what I've been mentioning about these rich foods the soups the stews the slow um, the, the bone broths the, the meat and organ foods and I, I mean I'm I've come from a vegetarian vegan background for many many years and um, you know, my, my husband's Kenyan, so he's a carnivore, and <laughs> I'm, 
<laughs> I'm sort of on the other spectrum. Um, but I w- would say that for vegetarian vegan mums, this is the one period in life that I would say this is the time to eat meat or mm-hmm. to supplement um because of that that high demand so mm-hmm. if um yeah so you know trying to get people to to cook up meals that are full of vegetables and grains and but high in protein because the mm-hmm. protein you're going to need for your your muscle and your repair and your your wound healing um and uh but also a lot of a lot of these animal products are going to have the fat soluble vitamins that a baby needs it's going to have mm-hmm. the fats that baby needs for the breast milk um and um and uh yeah and so that's sort of i suppose from a gen very general point of view um to encourage women to have those types of meals um and i think also to i haven't really touched on this subject is really to make sure they keep on top of getting their thyroid checked mm-hmm. um because it's such a common um issue postpartum for your thyroid to sort of go a little bit wacky Mm -hmm. um trying to adjust with the hormonal changes and mums can go from a inactive or a low underactive thyroid to a overactive thyroid until sort of the hormones and everything sort of stabilize which can take months and that that impacts the breast milk Mm -hmm. um thyroid is such an important organ for your metabolism for your your um the nutrient transfer of um, into your body with um, all the chemical reactions that happen, but also for breast milk tissue production and breast milk supply and mm-hmm. also weight loss because um, a lot of mums are wanting to, you know, to when, when does you know, the, the weight come off? So I think mm. keeping it on top of your thyroid and getting that checked um, with your GP uh, regularly or you know, at least for the first you know, six months postpartum and then, then again, um, in a couple of months later mm-hmm. um, because the the nutrients that are really important for your for your baby's um, cognitive and behavioral and mental health are also um, nutrients that are really important for the thyroid your iodine and your selenium and our iodine is it's a requirement to be in our prenatal supplements because it's so important um, so, uh, and, and babies are really reliant on a mum's diet for, for those two. So not only is it important for your breast milk production, it's also important for the baby. Mm-hmm. So um, understanding where your thyroid is at um, can also, um, uh, you know, help you to look at your diet and your supplements as well. Mm. That's a great point. I've never heard of that before, um, that the thyroid would be... Um, so important what what kind of signs could people look out for that might identify them that there was a problem with the thyroid Mm. um the problem is a lot of symptoms are very can be very general you know tiredness which (laughs) your mother um (laughs) hair falling out which yeah it's probably it could be a number of different nutrients too you know deficiency in nutrients it could also be hormonal changes so there's dry skin, um, uh, yeah, just being lethargic, weight loss, weight gain, like just rapid weight loss, yeah. weight gain. Um, I mean, I myself, I've got an underactive thyroid even pre-pregnancy. Uh-huh. Uh, and I know for myself when my thyroid's not working very well, I feel like I've got like a, 
not a sore throat, but I feel like my glands are just really enlarged and mm-hmm. I can't swallow it so well. Um, but for other people, it might be, you know, different symptoms. Yeah, I really struggle with my breastfeeding because of my thyroid, because of them me taking fenugreek as well until the cows came home, which then also impacts people with thyroid issues. So I was sort of being counterproductive in what I was doing there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, the thyroid is, is, is really, a, it's, a, mm. it's a power organ in our body, very complicated mm. organ. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that's just some, something that uh, women really need to, to keep her. Mm. Make sure that make sure that they they remind their doctors about it because yeah sometimes I think in our health we have to be quite proactive and mm-hmm. know what we want to to look out for what mm. we want to be checked up on um, we know our body we know that something's not right mm-hmm. and um, yeah no, knowledge is power so mm. uh, absolutely absolutely and like you said before it's it's such a time filled with doubt anyway when you have a newborn baby and you're trying to understand what they need and what they want and what their cues are and what how you're going to respond to them and yeah like you said it's you don't want to overload that period in someone's life with an awful lot of new information but um yeah getting knowledge I think before you've had your baby is such a great way of not being in that reactive culture where you think oh there's a problem now I'm going to have to go and learn something about infant Mm. sleep or good nutrition or why what are the benefits to breastfeeding you know let's try and learn all that beforehand and um I guess that's one of the real advantages of your um membership with the postnatal roadmap is is to get women in to that mindset that yes we want to prepare for a, a healthy and a safe labor and birth but we also need to prepare to look after ourselves postnatally so that we can look after our babies yes exactly healthy mum equals healthy bub Mm. (laughs) yeah um so the getting ready for labor course starts on monday isn't that right it's a facebook challenge a five-day facebook challenge Mm -hmm. um so every day we'll have a topic um related to pelvic floor breastfeeding nutrition um childbirth um methods or techniques is that the right word uh Mm -hmm. you know what you're you're talking about and um yeah so everyone will receive an email on that and then we're doing some facebook lives with guest speakers one of them being yourself Mm -hmm. and um and having a competition at the end uh so people have the chance to win um various prizes up to um i think it's actually a bit more than what i posted the other day it's probably about 350 400 Mm. worth um so, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously with antenatal classes being cancelled mm-hmm. and um, the lack of support that, that mums are having out there, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's so much to cover. Like the five days, I mean, I'm already struggling trying to cut things out. Um, but I, I was, I formed it as a, you know, these are probably some topics that are often not covered in antenatal mm-hmm. classes yeah. um, or not given enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, particularly for example, nutrition. You don't talk about nutrition in no. classes. Really. No. Um, pelvic floor very rarely. So yeah, so that that was sort of I suppose where I'm coming from. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not not to sort of 
override any other antenatal classes that are out there, but it's just, there's so much information and, mm. and um, how can we just arm women with the knowledge mm. uh, that they need before they mm. go into to birth? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a wonderful sense of a community that you're promoting here with your um, your five-day course, the challenge, because um, like you say, even if classes have been cancelled or people have been given a virtual replacement, there's no, there's no way that they're going to have the time, given the volume of people, if they're starting to have to do things virtually, there's no way that they'll have the, uh, the time to cover those topics. And um, I, I know that people are out there and they're looking for evidence-based information. They're looking for direction. And I think it sounds like you're really going to give them that. You're going to give them a, a, a very condensed five days. It sounds like it's going to be really full on, but full of the best information that's around. And it might just help people to have a bit of a framework rather than, you know, you search Google, let's say, and 10,000 things come up it's hard to know what should you pay attention to so um I think it will be a great um opportunity for women and I hope if you're listening to this episode and it's before um, Monday you can you can also sign up we'll give the web link at the end of the episode and people can find their way to your website great thank you well, it's been lovely to chat to you, Christy. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I think it's really highlighted an important topic for women really to think about how they take care of themselves postnatally. So, yeah, thanks for your time. No worries. Thank you. <laughs>So if you'd like to find out more information about Christy and her Getting Ready for Labour Challenge, you can visit www.growthspectrum.com.au.